you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It'll go touchdown to a tongue of my low. David. Football. Football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Oh, it didn't work out that way. No, two is a Miami Dolphin. Hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. I hope all's well wherever you are. Shut up, Hank, with your stupid smile. <laughs> Shut up with your stupid smile. Don't worry, Bolts fans. You guys got your guy, Justin. Yeah, you got your guy. Right? You got your first choice. Packers, you got, you, got, you got your guy, unless you're asking Aaron Rodgers, who wasn't the guy. But if you're asking the Steelers, you better put it through Ben Roethlisberger, because according to a lot of the national media, Ben Roethlisberger blocked the Steelers from drafting his successor, even though the Steelers have made it clear that they feel that they already have his successor, or at least an intermediary until they get that, uh, get that new quarterback. Anywho, let's get into all of it. You already heard his voice. He is the voice of your Los Angeles Chargers, also one half of the finest radio show in all the land. It's Matt Money Smith. What's the poop, fella? Oh, just coming off uh, a pretty enjoyable, actually not pretty, very enjoyable three days of an NFL draft. The big uh, huzzah to all that put it together. I thought it was the best looking draft we've had in a long time. Enjoyed being in living rooms. I, of course, for uh, the NFL YouTube channel and NFL.com was doing each day reaction shows. And then we just uh, posted the draft grades on Sunday and the power rankings uh, post-draft posted today, this Wednesday, as a matter of fact. So been a busy week, but uh, a darn fun week. Well, we'll get into Justin Herbert and beyond in just a second. Next up, though, let's uh, our, our own little sweepstakes here on the DDFP finally settled. I know there was a lot of outside noise, a lot of alleged insiders reporting that they knew that the Chargers were really not interested in getting Tua and uh, the Dolphins also. They were ready to let him slip, and actually they had it in for Jordan Love. That's where they were going. This was all the buzz from all the industry insiders. Damashek got it right in the end. I told you it would be Tua and Herbert. Tua would not survive past the Chargers pick at six. He went one pick ahead of that. They always had their eyes, the Dolphins did, on Tua. And now they have him. Let's hear from our resident Miami Dolphins fan all the way from London, England, sequestering now in uh, Westchester, right? Westchester, California. It's handsome, Hank. What's happening? Aloha, Dave. Aloha, money. How are you doing? Shut up. Oh, look at that. See, he's adapting already. (laughs) (laughs) Now that is that is epic trolling there. (laughs) First question, handsome. Most important question. Now that you're in uh, in camp two, uh, are you advocating like some in Miami are that uh, Dan Marino, the finest quarterback in Dolphins history, should relinquish the number 13 and give it to his uh, his pal Tua? The the opposite, Dave. Somewhat, I did see that this morning. I advised the person that tweeted that to delete their Twitter account because I think that that I is a terrible, 
unbelievably bad idea. Every quarterback, the, the 21 quarterbacks that have started for the Dolphins since Dan Marino retired 20 years ago have all had to suffer the comparison to Dan Marino. So why would you put the guy who, you know, is definitely the best of them that we've drafted or, or signed to date under the pressure and microscope of giving him Dan Marino's number? And then when his name, his first name has a number in to a why wouldn't he wear the number two? This, the, the problem solves itself. He does not need to You're wear so number right ab- You're so right about that. I have always lamented that, well, until he arrived in Baltimore, RG3, it was such a natural. Right. Why did he wear 10 at any point? Shouldn't it have exactly. just been Robert Griffin and then maybe an arrow not pointing the down three. to right. the number? Yeah. Right. That would have been the smart move there. Yes. Two, uh, I get you. I don't know. The spirit behind wanting Marino, the – the franchise's all-time great to give up his number. I'm not sure I get the spirit behind that. Right. The worst move that I can recall, like ego-wise, well, I guess there have been more things um, driven by one's ego, but um, a pretty bad one was when Jerry Rice said, okay, I'll come to you, yes. Seahawks, but I want you to pull that 80 out of the rafters that uh, that you've retired for Steve Largent. I need my 80. Like, no, then don't come here, Jerry Rice. Right. Should have been the answer. Yeah, I didn't get that one. So you're happy with your draft, handsome? I'm thrilled. Yes, of course. I mean, from the top down, you know, like, like what you know, what uh, when you retrospectively, when you look at drafts, it's only ever going to be that. What if if your quarterback hits, then the whole draft will have been a success. But I think that the Dolphins did a nice job of giving him pieces, especially on the offensive line, that can help keep him healthy. If that's been the first biggest issue about two i don't think people are questioning leadership i don't think people are questioning you know his, his playing ability it's been can he stay healthy and what they did was give him a bunch of, of pieces on the offensive line um to, to to ensure that he can stay upright i mean listen it all comes down to modern science specifically modern medicine and you know the it's not a direct comparison so it's a little foolish on my part to say it but uh but but i've said foolish things before and i'm gonna say it here now peyton manning remember when his career was over i know that was a neck issue everything the point my, my larger point is 21st century medicine has come a long way you know and uh i i'm putting my faith in the you know the clean the relatively clean bill of health that Tua was given when he got right. injured back in in november and no, none of us are doctors. All uh, the vast majority of people weighing in from afar on he's injury prone and all that. The the guys I always point to not playing the same position are Fred Taylor and Frank Gore, two guys who were known to be that well, they'd be great, but they're injury prone, so you can't rely on them. And that uh, they had two of the more extended 21st century careers out there. I, I just think it was all nonsense all along, and. Um, money. See, I, would, I, I would disagree with that, actually, Dave. I, really? I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't think it was nonsense. I think it was just risk factor. You know, I, I think right. that that these teams and and kind of the way I look at it is by by the reluctance of both the Dolphins and the Chargers to trade up, and and when you saw that the Lions on the clock and the Giants on the clock, that they were quote desperate to make a trade back with the Chargers or the Dolphins, and neither of them were willing to give up even a second to go up to get to a or Herbert, and they were all content to take whichever passer was there when they selected. I think if I think if the Dolphins were dead set on Tua and not Herbert, they would have traded up. I think if the Chargers were dead set on Tua and not Herbert, they would have traded up. And I think each of those two prospects carried their own risks. 
and offered their own rewards. And all three of those teams, Bengals, Dolphins, and, and Chargers, were very comfortable with whichever of those three was going to be there for them. I think, mm. if, I think if, you know, because I, I think if you would have said, hey, to heck with the medical, two is the guy, uh, because clearly from his body of work, he is a much better prospect than Herbert, just based on what he did in college. And I think if you were going to say, we're good with the medical, you would have given up that equity. I think right. you would have said, I'm going up to three because Detroit wants to get out. They're still going to get a CUDA. I've got to get Tua. But I think it still carried some risk. I think Herbert still carries some risk because of, you know, accuracy, touch, anticipation, just kind of quarterbacking nuance issues that he has, Tua with the medical, that the teams were like, you know what? Let's not give up anything extra. We'll take the guy that's there for us. And that's the risk we're willing to take. That's kind of the way I, because otherwise Miami would have traded up. If they were I think, dead set on Tua, they would have traded right. up to get it. I think a great NFL, Dave, a what if, if you like, would be um, if the uh, coronavirus outbreak hadn't happened, um, where we would have seen those guys go. Because I, I don't think it would have been that the Dolphins, if they were, if they'd had a chance to, to, do the medical evaluation in full that they wanted to do on tour. And they then come out of it and been like, we're fine with it. And of course, every other team had been able to do it as well. I don't think they would have been able to stand pat five and, and still take him. I think they probably yeah. would have had to trade up with the lions or the, you know, or the charges would have done. I don't think he would, I don't think he would have gone at five. I, you yeah, know, like, I, I, well, like Monty, you're, you're more plugged in. You're obviously yeah. much more plugged in with Telesco and what they were doing. Um, so I, I heard know, both, I, what I was told was both rooms were split. That, that there were factions of the Miami Dolphins front office that preferred Herbert. There were right. factions of the Chargers front office that preferred Tua, but there were also factions that preferred Herbert over Tua in the Chargers room. And there were factions, obviously, in the Miami room that preferred Tua over Herbert. Kind of the best way I look at it for, for Miami, they did not trade Minka Fitzpatrick and Laramie Tunsil to select Austin Jackson and Noah Inagani. They traded them so they would have capital to go get Tua or Burrow. That's why those deals were made, to ensure that they would have the equity they needed to go get a quarterback to finally replace Dan Marino. And when it finally came down to it, they recognized those assets as, you know what, we can just stick here. We're good with any of these guys and we'll get additional players as opposed to having to use that capital to go up to get the quarterback. I wonder though, I wonder though, what I was going to say is with Telesco and if there was some sense because of the unique conditions this year to Handsome's point, if there was some sort of a sense among the GMs around the league, listen, we can't pull off traits. It's just not, it's not the same as it might've been a year. If this I don't think so. Like, ah, oh, we can't, we're, it, it's hard to manipulate draft positioning this year because of the circumstances. And so no, remember Dave, like, the chargers traded into the first round. They traded two picks yeah. to get back to get to, right. you know, so they were comfortable giving up draft equity. And, and in talking to him, you know, we talked to, to Telesco earlier this week and I asked him that I said, was it, you know, we had heard the giants were, were desperately trying to get out. Clearly you were comfortable giving up draft equity to get your guy. Was that an issue? And he said, absolutely not. We were just comfortable knowing that, we were going to get either Herbert or Tua, and we were fine with whichever one was there for us. So, because, you know, and, and then I also think that was a product. This is something we talked about extensively, right? Going into this draft, I have never seen more people, uh, front office people, comfortable with 15 players, you know? So I think when the idea of, hey, I've got to give up a bunch of picks in a very deep draft, where you're talking about getting first round talent in the mid to late second rounds to go up or I can just sit here at 10 or 12 and feel like 
I'm going to top five pick in terms of grade and talent. I think that's what made this more of a unique draft as opposed to the actual logistics of it. Yeah, it's interesting to consider um, if um, the the because I thought that they might go once Tua went. I was not going to be surprised if they went Isaiah Simmons there. Right. And instead, they get that hybrid kind of linebacker-ish kind of playmaking defensive player anyway. So I think for the rest of the time, that's going to be the comp, right? That the, For the Chargers fan out there is that how the draft could have gotten. They could have gotten Isaiah Simmons and still gotten Jordan Love, presumably, if they had wanted. Instead, they get Herbert and the, and the kid that they got. It's kind of similar – same pieces, right? Yeah, I think I think with with Simmons, ultimately, what what they had decided was that he was too close to Derwin. That that those two were far that were they were. And for me personally, I don't care. So put two Derwins on the field. I'm good with that. But I think by trading back in to get Kenneth Murray, um, what you see is they just wanted a little bit more size. That that they weren't comfortable with 230 pounds. That they wanted that level of athleticism at 255 pounds which is what Murray's playing at and still is supremely athletic. So they play so much nickel um, that I think you, you're probably going to see a lot of Drew Tranquil and, and Kenneth Murray on the field with that sixth defensive back. And I'm guessing that might be Desmond King or, or the guy, you know, the kid Gilman they took out of Notre Dame. If he can step up immediately this year and play that sort of sixth defensive back role when they're doing dime. And obviously with the signing of Chris Harris as the nickel corner, um, that's kind of the way I, I looked at it and, and kind of my understanding, not to continue to belabor this point, but is they had a gap. They had those three quarterbacks that they felt were pretty close to one another. And then I think there was a pretty good drop off to Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts is their next two. Right. And they have an immediate need at quarterback as well. It's right. not like where, where, where Love wound up going with Aaron Rodgers. They can obviously afford to sit in for one, two, three years and let him learn. I don't think Jordan Love was anywhere close to being a prospect that you could say, let's put him on the field in 2020. What, what reality are you perpetuating, handsome? The 21st century guys don't sit for three or four years. Aaron Rodgers did that forever ago now, at the start of his career. I didn't say three or four years. I said one or two years. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, the, the, the idea that, I mean, Justin Herbert kind of, in my opinion, is going to have to play. If yep. the Chargers are going to challenge, tapping into the optimism that that led them to use the sixth overall to get him, the assumption is that he's going to have to play if they're going to vanquish the Chiefs, which leads me to this question. Now that we have almost everything this side of Cam Newton and Jadavian Clowney settled, and Yannick Ngakwe, and I don't uh, can't think of and Leonard Fournette. So okay, there are a couple of things that could still happen, but we we have ninety eight percent of the required info. If the Kansas City Chiefs do not play in Super Bowl fifty five, who will be representing the AFC? Handsome, I start with you. Um, I would say, I mean, it's it, it, Ravens or Colts would be the two teams that I would look at as the as the next two off the off the blocks. Money's paid to say the charges, so we can assume no, that's what I, well, he's going I mean, you know, I think, I think reality, um, I'd love to say the Chargers, but it, it, to me, it's the Ravens. I mean, I, I think they had the best draft of any team uh, in the NFL. It, it is yeah, it, it just, it, it, it is remarkable to me that, that you can attach someone as talented as Patrick Queen to the Ravens and say, hey, this is a perfect Ravens big, and other teams don't take him. <laughs> and then when he winds up on the Ravens and becomes a perennial all-pro, they're like, 
you know, it just continues to break right for the Ravens. It's like, that was the 28th pick. Did you ever watch, did you watch that guy play a snap? Did you see him blow up guards at 230 pounds? And then did you see him track down running backs, running sideline to sideline, baiting Tua into a critical interception in that game against Alabama? Like, he is a brilliant linebacker. Well, middle linebackers, you know, we, we undervalue them and you can't select them high. And then the Ravens take them and they go, oh, they did it again. Then they get J.K. Dobbins in the second yeah. round. Then they do what they always do. What the Ravens do as well, if not better than anybody in the NFL is they just load up on the uh on the line of scrimmage they get those pieces and all of a sudden and those guys are at are are rotational guys in 2020 because they get uh Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf and so now the 2020 Ravens defense well I thought the 2019 Ravens I, I I thought Lamar Jackson and that offense would thrive a year ago my question was, could the defense support it? You can't very well go on nine-minute drives, give the ball to the other team, have them score in three plays, and then be into that kind of uh, equation. You have to be a defense that breaks the will of the foe. by set, You go through – and eight games were settled for the Ravens in 2019 very often, applying this sort of 10-minute stretch which or 18-minute or, or, or stretches. Eight-minute drive by Lamar and company – three and out the other way, give them the ball back. The offense gets scoochy. The other team's watching from the sideline while they just put 10 points, 14 points. The game's over by halftime because they just ground you into submission. Um, and I thought, well, the defense has now lost some pieces. They're going to fall back in 2020. I don't know about that. I'm curious to see if this offseason – um, instead of watching Ozark season three, if defensive coordinators have spent it just watching what the Titans did, I guess it's a question we won't know until the season starts. Well, and that's, that's starts, the key, Dave, right? I mean, who knows? Like, that's the flip side of the Ravens is you got to right. take that good with the bad is if a team gets up on them, 14, nothing, it's over. You know, Lamar Jackson just last year, now he's going to have to improve as a passer. He just was not capable of directing those uh, or at least they didn't show it to us, right? Those three-minute drives. When you're down 14 points in the third quarter, it was still that you got to run this offense that consumes the clock, uh, and that's what we saw in their losses. Um, so, but obviously, it was a huge jump from year one to year two. Yeah, a lot of people are pointing to the you know the same path that Patrick Mahomes took. Year one, awesome. Year two, wins the regular season MVP. Year three, wins the Super Bowl as he matures as a quarterback. Maybe Lamar Jackson is. Already, you know, he's got two of those steps. So perhaps this is the third step now, but but certainly he's still got to to become a, a better passer. Or maybe he doesn't. When you add Dobbins, who anybody that watched the the national semifinal against Clemson, you know, if Dobbins doesn't turn his ankle, he is shredding through the Clemson uh defense like it's like it's nothing. I mean, it was a hot knife through butter. I think the guy had two sixty plus yard runs in the first half before he rolled that ankle. Um, and with all that talent on Ohio State, it looked like, you know, they were in a position to to get to that national championship game before he got hurt. So maybe they're just going to continue to to run their offense that way. They're comfortable with it. And and like you said, Dave, by fixing that defense with the trades and, and the the draft picks that they got, they can slow down that other team and, and find it nearly impossible to get themselves into those 10, 14 point holes that they can't climb out of. Boy, that defense ought to be mighty there. You have, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting that um, it felt in parts like teams were trying to see if they could uh, draft pieces and, and get guys that are going to allow them to, 
play who can score the most points or you know in a in a track meet against Mahomes and company but then the other side of things the way the Ravens are built is um is like you say is more old school as I always write yeah. the big eight style football yeah, and, and I mean by the way the, the Chargers, Chargers Ravens Steelers and Colts have four mighty AFC defenses that's the thing is you know nobody played the Chiefs better than the Chargers did defensively last year Pat Mahomes didn't throw for 200 yards in either of those games and and you know and I think one of the reasons why they traded those two picks for Murray, I mean, really, they traded a third, right? Because he would have, you know, they, they he basically is their second rounder. So they trade the extra pick to get Murray because Mahomes beat him with their with his legs. I mean, that's essentially what did them in in both of those games was when he was able to take off and, and their linebackers just did not have the speed to, to track him down. So um, they're built defensively, I believe, you know, with the addition of Chris Harris as as the nickel, you know, with a full season from, from Derwin, with the addition of Kenneth Murray. I think they are built to slow that team down. The problem is, do they have the firepower, you know, to, right. to score 24 points, which is probably the minimum you're going to need to beat that team. And the, Chief, and the Chiefs added another piece in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, yeah. who was my favorite player to watch in college football this year, um, who who I think can, you know, is going to take that offense up another gear and, you know, and give Andy Reid even more time potentially before between now and the start of a, a season that may be pushed back to, to work out how to how to put that rookie into the offense and and who knows what they'll be able to do um by the way the opposite of roger daltrey who doesn't want to get fooled again or insists he won't um i think america well i think a lot of people in football america follow that path and because they were all in on the browns in 2019 they're not gonna say it again this is the year the browns are gonna be good they're going to be good, right? I mean, how? What's the argument? I, mean, I, I do. Except I do like that it's draft. like, well, they just never are. That their draft is good. I do like their mm-hmm. draft a lot. Um, they did well. I do like that Freddie Kitchens is no longer their head coach. Um, but they <laughs> look. They their top two picks, Wills and Delpit, are Wills was my favorite offensive lineman in the draft. It was fun. It was eye candy to watch Mackay back then tape, but. Just, you know, I was I was fortunate enough to fly around the country on the Chargers charter with Daniel Jeremiah while he was doing all of his research for the draft. And and when he was doing O-line and we were kind of going through all these guys, Jedrick Wills and at the time Leatherwood, who was their left tackle that some people thought were coming out. Wills is fun to watch, man. He that that guy is just as flexible as a big man as you've ever seen the way he flips his hips. Uh, the guy is never on the ground. And I, I think you combine that with the fact they got Conklin and free agency and look, that was always their problem, right? What did we say going into last year? They got no O-line and they got, we have no idea what they got coaching wise. So they certainly have more stability at the coaching level. And I think they got the best offensive lineman in the draft with one of the best free agents in the offensive Boy, line. I, I have a good question off of that, but uh, real quick, yeah, I to mention what if, and um, I wanted to uh, to mention that it's out there. Two things to self promote. One, new Daves of Thunder for for those who enjoy the the uh, Daves going back and forth. It's out there. Track it down wherever you find your favorite podcast. And coming up on Friday on NFL.com, a digital release, five episodes of What If. This is, of course, the live action version of uh, of the uh, the beloved by some NFL. Um, this is uh, Steve oh, Weish yeah. and Baldy and uh, Cindy Freeland, all right, and Daniel Jeremiah and Jim Trotter, all weighing in, not just one boob's opinion on how pro football might have been impacted if we flip some seminal events in league history, but uh, everybody weighing in on it. 
um, cold case style. So good times there. Yeah, tell, really me, good. tell me what, what couple of topics that you tackled um, as, a, as a team. Um, we did. Or don't you remember? I, well, I, we, we did them a, a little while ago, um, pre, <laughs> pre-Rona. We did uh, the we revisited the 2011 draft. What if Andrew Luck had come out when he was, you know, supposedly going to come out of Stanford after his junior year, then decided to go back? If he had, um, just as a thought starter, he very likely goes to Carolina, which means Cam at number two goes to Denver, um, the mm. the greatest draft probably of mm. all time, 2011, and it really sets up a domino effect with uh, with some high end quarterbacks of the last decade. Russell Wilson probably doesn't wind up in Philly because the because Peyton very well maybe winds up in Seattle. I'm sorry, winds up in Philly because Peyton maybe goes to Seattle. Well, anyway, listen, watch it. We do the reception. Yeah. We do Tuck rule. Um, it's, it, it really is great. And, uh, shout out, uh, I doubt he's listening, but Anthony Smith, the producer, um, really did gangbusters work. And it's fun to watch. If you like the movie seven, we shot in the same space where Freeman and Pitt were in, uh, in the movie seven there, there, really? uh, the police station, what's used as a, is, is where we shot that. So, right. That's you sad. didn't commit. You didn't commit any of the of the seven deadly sins. Vanity is always with you, and and greed and lust. In fact, I can't imagine you you took a day uh, off from any. Oh yeah, fact. Gang, gluttony, please. Gluttony, yeah, right. Oh, I, I mean, I, if I haven't if I haven't at least gotten five of them, right? Uh, you I won't think that carrying five. five, right? Thank goodness I couldn't name them for you, or else I would be able to confirm. Yeah, I was, I'm sure I, I'm I guilty of all seven. I, could. I got as far as I could in there. Um, so anyway, be on the lookout for that. Much appreciated. If you, you watch it, I think uh, I think you'll likely enjoy it if you like uh, football. Um, <laughs> now, the next question is the oh, you know what? Let's do a quick what if here. I was thinking about this. We've kind of floated this one. We don't need to do the AFC side, but as recent as we can go with pro football, as I have said, if the Patriots stop the Dolphins in week 17, then they are the two seed and the Chiefs are the three seed, and Baltimore's the one seed, and Baltimore would have beaten Houston in the second round. That's who they would have gotten if you uh, uh, if you accept the premise that I just laid out there. They would have beaten Houston. They whipped them once already. So it would have been Baltimore at home on a cold day in Baltimore because I've looked up the weather, and I forget what it was, but it would have been raw and bad for a team that wants to throw the ball to be coming in there. I think – that the Ravens would have gone to the Super Bowl. I don't know who wins the Chiefs at Patriots game, but either way, I think the Ravens would have won that. I think they just didn't get on track against the Titans. That was the perfect storm for them to walk into, especially taking the week off and everything. I think they would have gone to the Super Bowl, the Ravens would have. And I wonder how that then would have impacted the draft because in the copycat league, I think Jordan Love goes – it, there, a, a decent case can be made that Jordan Love goes in the draft because of the copycat effect. He looks physically when he throws the ball so much like Patrick Mahomes that I, you knew that there were going to be some teams out there like, we got to try to get the next Patrick Mahomes. And I think Jalen Hurts maybe goes in the first round if the Ravens go to hmm. the Super Bowl, again, with the first, applying that. And I bet you it's somebody would have spent big money on Taysom Hill to get him out of New Orleans, again, trying to apply, well, let's do what the Ravens just did. They got to the Super Bowl. Right. That all went away. The other side, the NFC side, who goes to the Super Bowl 
if Seattle gets the stop at the one foot line against the Niners in week 17, the Niners would have been the five seed. That would have meant Minnesota at Green Bay. I'm sorry. I wrote it down. Seattle at New Orleans, San Francisco at wait. I'm sorry. See, I get confused. Wait, I, here it is. It would have gone. Green Bay so then, would have been the one. Right. Green, Bay, Green Bay would have been the would one. Have been, Saints the two. Saints the two. That would have been Minnesota at Seattle in round one. Who fellas? Do you, and then San Francisco at Philly. If Minnesota, I'm sorry. If Seattle wins that game, which I think they would have done, right? Yes, at they would have. They would have won that game. They, they would have won that game. They played them pretty. Cl- the the Vikings, if you recall, played them pretty close um, earlier in the year. I think that was a Monday night game, maybe. But uh, but okay, Seattle wins that one. It's Seattle at New Orleans. San Francisco at Green Bay is your NFC Final Four. Who goes to the Super Bowl? San Francisco. You think Niners go into Lambeau and then oh, they yeah. go, they, and then they go up to Seattle to or the They absolutely yeah, it doesn't destroyed matter. It doesn't matter exactly. Green Bay. It doesn't matter why that destroyed them both times. They, they couldn't slow down that, that rush attack. They couldn't. They had no answer for it. I agree with that. But you think the survivor of Seattle at New Orleans would lose to the Niners in the title game? It's interesting, at least. Yeah, I guess I was just thinking of that one matchup. I, I don't think Lambeau poses any issues for the 49ers. No. I mean, they, they manhandled the Packers in both of those games, and I assume they would do the same. So then you would end up having 49ers at the winner of maybe. Seattle. It, maybe in the Dome. Maybe in, in the, the dome. dome. But yeah, I guess that, at that point, right. I would take the Saints. Yeah. yeah, so I would say we probably would have had Saints versus Ravens. Um, I, I'm pretty interesting that just a couple of very small plays stopped Devontae Parker yeah. once, um, stopped the Niners from punching it in there, and you have a completely different, uh, um, you know, Super Bowl in uh, in Miami. Um, that's see, that's and, why and I love the idea of just one well. buy now. That's why I like the idea of one buy because. You know, did the Chiefs really deserve that buy? Eh, I guess so. You know, they had one of the best records, but it was clear the Ravens were the one seed, right? And same with the the 49ers. You know, they end up, like you said, they get the one seed uh, as opposed to with all those close games. And um, and I just, I don't know. I like the idea that only one can go, uh, that you have to, to have to prove yourself amongst all other comers. You know, the other 15 teams, that uh, that you were the best in order to get that huge benefit in the postseason as opposed to having two of them. All right. Eddie Spaghetti, open up your mic, why don't you? Why don't you say hello? Why don't you be social? I'm just uh, sitting back listening to the great draft talker. I don't know you why you're saying draft, that. Eddie, Eddie I, saw, I saw one of your tweets there during the draft. Best tackle and best safety in the draft. I'm quite pleased. <laughs> I'll, I'll come out and say Dave Gettleman, whatever what you want about him and his style and, and the things he's said, and it may be absurd, but he could draft and he got the hog miles he wanted. He not only set the team up for this upcoming season, but for a very long time with getting a left tackle, a right tackle, a guard who will probably transition to a center. Uh, they got McKinney from Alabama to play safety, who is basically, you know, they try and draft Atlanta Collins years ago in the second round out of Alabama. But I think McKinney's a better pass coverage safety than Landon Collins was. Um, Darnay Holmes from UCLA, I like think, Darnay. is the, a pretty good uh, pickup to a cornerback, even though they're pretty deep there. So it wasn't a flashy draft. You know, there's no way of you know, being picked to or Herbert, but they got the job done. And I'm, I'm you know, it's it's boring, but smart. So I'm, I'm good with it. I, uh, 
my only issue is Andrew Thomas. I, I don't, I don't know how you have that guy graded higher than, than Becton or Wills um, or really, I, I mean, I, I can see worse. There's some people that are concerned about worse and, and his issues with resetting that he might have to kick inside. I know DJ is one of those guys. A lot of people are talking about right tackle, but right. I mean, you, you know, Thomas, like, I just don't, I, you know, our, our colleague, Joe Thomas um, said the same, like, you know, kind of echoed that sentiment. It was, it was odd that that was the guy they wanted when they had the pick of the litter. It just seemed like the other, particularly Wills, um, just, just looked to be a much better prospect. I was okay with Wills uh, if they kept him at right tackle, but I don't, but Solder's not going to be fine the left. Solder won't be the Giants left tackle for much longer. Thomas was the pure left tackle who will play left tackle this upcoming season um, yeah. if there's football. And I think that uh, Worfs, they oh, had you more of an interior guy. Put that Sorry, there. Th- there will be football. Worfs is more of an interior guy. I don't, and I think honestly, after the Eric Flowers mess, and I know this is a different regime for the Giants, but I don't think they want another project at left tackle. So I think Thomas was the guy they just trusted all along, um, you know, played at Georgia for, you know, three seasons. And he hasn't, I think the last time he gave up t- like two pressures in a game was 2017. So, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. I've watched plenty of Thomas. I'm cool with him. Um, like I said, it wasn't a flashy draft, but it was what was necessary. And I'm cool with it. And Gettleman, not only with the Panthers and the job, like he's found guys everywhere. So I'm, I trust him. Right. I would be surprised that not to not to pee in your uh, your hope bowl there, spaghetti. But I think the Cowboys. I thought this a year ago too. So obviously, take it with a grain of salt. But I think the Cowboys look like the best team in the NFC right now. Yeah, I think. Agreed. I, think, I, think I will totally say agree. the Niners. The Niners. I, I mean, I guess it comes back down to Jimmy G. And I was a big supporter of his. I was on board much more with Jimmy G in 2019, all the way through the playoffs. And most people were a lot of denigration of the guy, but I mean, right yeah, here. I feel why well, thought he was, I, I, I think he did. It ignored a lot of people who were putting him down ignored that he was making big throws in big spots in big games against really good teams in the second half of the season, really. I mean, it was like all came down to, well, he, was, he didn't do well against the Redskins in that rainstorm in the first month. Like, see, no, he, he just he, he threw some bad interceptions. I, I yeah, think there was I still, there was still enough issue there that, that, Hey, this guy clearly isn't seeing everything he's supposed to see. And I, and I also think that Kyle Shanahan was a little bit limited in what he was willing to ask Jimmy to do. Um, so I think, but, but again, you have that luxury, you know, and, and I guess that's the one issue with Jimmy G not to kind of make this, that conversation. And by the way, I love their draft. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Trent yeah. Williams. And they get so, Trent Williams, right. Yeah. And I love, I mean, I, anybody that watched PAC 12 football in, in Arizona state, that guy is electric, uh, with the ball in his hands. And you kind of see what you talk about copycat league, Dave, and what the chiefs do and, and what the Rams did on their, their March to the Super Bowl. just so much pre-snap motion. The idea of having both Debo and and Ayuk and and all the pre-snap motion they're going to do with those guys and the ability to use them as outside receivers, slot receivers, running backs, those jet sweeps. um, It's really a a compelling weapon uh, to go along with, you know, Ken Law, who replaces Buckner. I mean, it is it is great. By the way, um, I'm sorry, I don't want to uh, I get uh, I get uh, attacked on this show and then on Twitter after the show for for mentioning black and gold related matters. But I do want to say that the OG of the jet sweep that's pretty ubiquitous at this point in the NFL is Matt Canada, who uh, college football fans, SEC fans will remember his failed venture down to LSU. Prior to that, he was he kind of uh, invigorated the pit program briefly um by installing exactly that jet sweep kind of action and i think that um 
that if you look at with that in mind, I, I think the the broad strokes copycat thing is. If I may, Dave, if I may. Yes. If I may, just because he's one of my favorite people of all time. Uh, Mike Riley is the guy that really brought that in. He brought it in at Oregon State with the uh, with the Rogers brothers. Uh, the Rogers brothers, yeah. And Quiz, that's kind of where. All, all of that came and it's, and it's just, it's, it's a great story. That's why he went down to recruit James and he was like, this is the guy I need to do what I want to do with the offense and all of that pre-snap and those jet sweeps. And while he was there, he's like, Hey, who's that guy that's built like a rectangle? And they're like, Oh, that's James's brother quiz. If you want James, you got to take him with you. And he was like, all right, I guess I'll have to take okay. that kid then. And quiz ends up going up there and becoming one of the great Oregon state beads of all time. It's funny um, that, well, Cor- either way, Corvallis is close to Canada. So the point stays. There you go. Um, the, um, <laughs> the, um, yeah, but, but, but yes, I think that's exactly right. That Ayuk uh, looks like one of those guys that'll yeah. function like that. And I think that you see George Kittle getting involved in some of that stuff last year in 2019. I think that the receiver that the Steelers get, I, what I was going to say is in broad strokes, I think the copycat thing is, this the the notion of like what is he like he's a football player and I I, I don't generally go in for those serious football man kind of uh, phrasing right. things but I think that that is what Derwin James well he doesn't matter what play Isaiah Simmons whatever he's a football player that's all that's all that matters the honey badger and so on I think people fancy the idea of using guys that are I'm Patriots have obviously thrived doing that and I think that people do that and I I I would say the Steelers fans specifically who keep hitting me up uh what do you think about this and I, I th- look at it as a, a mosaic, I, you know, the, the Steelers typically, or, you know, historically with Chaz Noel and otherwise best player available was the thing. That's not the way Colbert has consistently done things. If you look at it as need positions, I think it's, if you imagine those guys in that offense, I, th- I think they're going to pro- try do some more spreading out of things that, that you saw with Roethlisberger in 2018. Um, they're just not built at this point to try and hammer teams, which I think is a bit of a mistake. I wouldn't have minded them going for Leonard Fournette, but people criticizing the draft. Um, I would have liked Dobbins too, but I can also see what the specific additions that the Steelers have made add to the the, the way they're composed for the 2020 season. And by the way, it all comes down to whether or not Roethlisberger's healthy. The, 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 everything else is is nonsense, but it leads me to this. Eddie Spaghetti, we talked about the Giants. So you get the NFC East because that's your rooting interest. Handsome, you get the AFC East. That's your rooting interest. I am AFC North. Uh, Money, you are AFC West. You get to watch that because that's your will, either professionally or it's your passion. You can only watch the games of one other division. Which which one is it? AFC West. AFC West, Handsome. I love it. I mean, I want to watch Mahomes anyway. I love the Chargers, and I like how that team is built. Um, and I'm interested in seeing how Justin Herbert does there. I think the Raiders improved themselves, and and are just a team that's that's kind of fun to watch at the moment. So I think the Broncos had a fantastic draft, and if you look at how they are from a year ago, I think I think that division is is full of improving teams, and it's going to be while the Chiefs remain in my mind the best of the four. I think it's going to be competitive. I don't know how good Drew Locke is, but what they should do is, or consider at least, is Cam Newton. Remember, there was Absolutely. some heat about Cam at some point to Denver about two, yeah. three years ago. I mean, 
well, I you think know. you generated it, didn't you? Dave? What a crazy, what what <laughs> crazy, what what a crazy collection of offensive pieces they suddenly have in Denver. Eh? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what a division. So okay, so you're going. Well, to I think I, I would push back on Cam, and I think the better move for them would be if when not if, but when Andy Dalton gets cut. Uh, you know, because it, that that's that's a basketball team, right? You need a you need a distributor. I mean, when you look at what they did, you've got one of the best axes, young ex receivers in the league in Cortland Sutton, who's just you know not a 50-50 guy, but an eighty twenty guy. Uh, he's so big. Uh, you add you know your Z and Jerry Judy, who's one of the most precise route runners we've seen come out of college in a long time, and then in the slot you get your burner Hamler. You add Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay's already an accomplished back. Noah Fant, the super athletic slot tight end from last year, you need a guy who's, I think, accurate, quick decision-making distributor, as opposed to an athlete like Cam. Like to me, that, that would be, if they're not sold on Locke, and Locke's a tough one, right? Because he finishes the season at four and one. He's got some really nice moments over the course of those last five games, but he's also got some rookie moments where you're like, yeah, you know, there's the accuracy issues. There's the touch issues. So that, if you know, if I were Elway, that would be the guy I think of all available options right now that I would go after. And, but see, then the problem with that is then you, how far do you set yourself back? Like once you put Andy Dalton in there, unless Andy Dalton is going to be your guy for the next five years, what are you doing to the growth of what looked to be a pretty darn promising start for, for Drew Drew Locke? Because you signed Cam and he's your starter. You know what I mean? If you sign Dalton, you can say, Hey, this is a good Jameis Winston style backup sort of mentor for our young guy. I don't think you can sell it as that, right? When you bring in Cam I, I Newton. Think, I think you I think you let Drew Locke play this year. And if it doesn't work out, then you go all guns blazing for Aaron Rodgers in the 2021 right. offseason and say, like look that. at the pieces. Like everything you don't have in Green yeah. Bay, we've got for you here. You throw all your chips on the table and say we want three more years of Aaron Rodgers. I hear you, but 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 do, do you hear yourself, Money? I it makes sense what you say intellectually, but then but take a step back. You're advocating right. for Andy Dalton over Superman. Think about that. I am. Andy over Superman. <laughs> I what? Am. What are you talking he's, about? I mean, that's how uh, I'm listening to you and thinking the last, like money makes sense. Money makes sense. But wait a second. No, so you're you're, about, you're just you're buying a name brand. In there? You're, you're buying a name brand. Yes, you are. I mean, like Cam has had some serious injuries, shoulder, foot. And if he can't run, if he's not that athlete, you don't want Cam to be a, a pocket passer that's asked to distribute balls on time and, and kind of direct that style of offense. That's just not what he is. That's not what his strength is. So I think based on what you have, the team that you've built, I, I don't know if that's to me, like to, that just doesn't seem like the the answer. Cam would, and look, it could be different, right? If this wasn't the age that we're living in and you can bring Cam in and your doctors are pulling on that foot and twisting that shoulder and making sure if he's a hundred percent healthy, then okay. I'm willing to to concede that that you can take that swing. But I just think, you know, combined with what that does to to luck to the quarterback room, I don't quite see that as being the same. Look, I, I'll tell you this, like Cam's been an MVP, right? But Andy Dalton, I think he's, he's, I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous now. You, you've, you've hit it on the head. <laughs> he, he has been a very consistent, solid passer. You know, the team has been in contention. They have made the playoffs multiple times and he's done it for the Bengals. You know, not like it, it's not like he's had some sort of, you know, pillar franchise that he's, that he's been able to kind of play under to help him get to these winning records into a couple postseason berths. 
Oh, the benefit of low expectations rears its head. Now, a couple of years beyond Marv Lewis, Andy Dalton still benefiting from those low expectations. I, I still look forward to um, him landing up in Foxborough and uh, and winning 12 games to, to really drive Patriots and specifically Brady fans crazy. Um, uh, so what's your answer there, Money? Are you going to go oh, NFC South? Uh, I think I'll probably go AFC North. I think would be the most compelling. The return of Roethlisberger, the, 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 you know, another full season of can the Ravens do it again or did defensive coordinators figure it out? Plus Lamar is just arguably the most fun player, you know, not named Patrick Mahomes or he's one and one a with him uh, to just watch on a weekly basis. I am as always interested in the Browns situation and, and I love Joe Burrow. So like to me, it's, it's become, Mm-hmm. You know, neck and neck, I think, with the AFC West is is the most interesting division, at least just from an entertainment standpoint to watch. I agree. I think most people would say that you have a clear-cut fourth team there in the Bengals. But, you know, uh, our mutual pal, Money Hench, texted me the other day to say, be honest amongst us friends with our little uh, group text chain that we have going. You, you don't think uh, that the Steelers could actually defeat the, the, the Ravens in 2020 right and i'm like right yeah well with the 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 optimism that lamar jackson offense is going to thrive on the same level this year as it did last year i think is a is a little bit of a reach and it all comes down to seven but the bottom line is i agree with you i I find it awfully compelling and just because the browns didn't do it last year when all the world expected them to do it doesn't mean that this ain't going to be the year i have i happen to think it will be um spaghetti what's your vote on this one uh nfc west I think because you have Kyler at the ah. Cardinals emerging. Ah, that's good one. The, the Rams were just in the Super Bowl, and I don't know if it's me just being fooled, but I still believe in Sean McVay, and they still have enough young pieces there, and they have Donald and Ramsey, two of the best players in the NFL. Um, I would prefer never to miss another Russell Wilson football game ever again. I think he's just that <laughs> fun to watch. And then uh, you have the 49ers who are just in the Super Bowl and a really well-run organization. I think they'll be around for years and to Nick come. Bosa. That's a good uh, one. With Bosa and, and, you know, despite Garoppolo's, uh, you know, faults, I think they're still going to be a, a pretty solid team. I, I think it's a pretty fun division to watch. Yeah, yeah cool, Eddie. I like that. NFC East is always fun too. I'm with you about uh, the rise of Kyler Murray and company. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to track, and it's fascinating. None of us, by the way, said the NFC South with Tom Brady I, and Gronk. Well, I, I, <laughs> I think that um, I think when push comes to shove, yes, it has the Falcons, and part of the equation is that you have to look at those atrocious uniforms all all season long. Then it's going to be like <laughs> oh, I don't. Like you're, you're really when after all this, especially sequestration and everything else, you know, beggars can't be choosers. But there might be a moment of pause where like, I got to watch the game that has those uniforms in it. Um, and yeah, I, I think Carolina is suddenly interesting because I know you're big on the rule train Love um, rule. money and they just completely load up on defense under the assumption that uh, that rule is going to make that offense go. And it's hard to argue in the short term with CMC back there. And like you say, a trigger man, basically with all those interesting pieces that they're going to have out there, that'll be fun to watch. Um, I think one that I, I, of course, Brady slash breeze and, you know, Brady V 28 to three is interesting and all that. Um, But I, the, the other one that I'll throw out, I'm with you. I think, you know, I'm, I'm biased, but I'll obviously already get the AFC North, but I find that four times over a really compelling um, watch uh, coming up here. 
but the AFC East, I mean, we, we it's kind of like, um, it, you know, we, there, there's this thing was forged 20 years ago and everyone like, wait, maybe Sanchez's Jets might challenge him, but it's been the <laughs> Patriots for so long. I mean, all of a sudden, are the Patriots going to be in fourth place? That storyline right. by itself is is intriguing. The Dolphins yeah. are going to be fun, I, I at least to see what Tua does. Yeah. I think Bills are going to be awesome. Division, it, it's kind of like saying, I want to watch a galaxy be born. Like, you know, this is the beginning of something entirely new. The one one era is is over, I think, in, in Foxborough. And then everything else is kind of is forming at the moment. So getting on there and watching that as it starts up and maybe heats up a whole new run of, of those um, rivalries in that division where essentially there hasn't been a rival for the Patriots, as you say, Dave. So everything it's been the Patriots and then who cares what happens with the rest. I think it'll be fun to, to watch Darryl. that and be on that train to start with. There are a lot of people saying, oh, our team should have signed Jameis. Our team should have taken a run at this guy or that. I think the biggest, uh, maybe the worst move that wasn't made by any team this offseason so far is that the Jets didn't let Gase go. I hate to advocate for seeing a guy get fired, but if they would have gotten Eric Bieniemy, we would be, I think we'd be singing songs about the Jets right mm-hmm. now and, and, and how good they have a chance to be this season. As it is, it feels like it has a ceiling on it because of the gaze factor. I think the Jets, though, I mean, again, I, I to some degree, can Levy and Bell do something and, you know, the, you know, you keep, Gase, you keep Greg Williams. The defense played so well down the stretch. Um, you get a couple big pieces back. I think the fact they got Beckton is going to do wonders for Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know, Denzel Mims, I think probably isn't quite ready yet, you know, but according to most people that, that you talk to, um, but it's six, three and a sub four, four guy. I mean, that's a nice big target finally for Sam Darnold. So I, I totally, I think, you know what it speaks to, it, it's a point that you've made uh, repeatedly, Dave, and that is that perhaps we're at, you know, kind of quarterback saturation and no matter what division you pick, it's compelling because of the quarterbacks, right? Josh Allen, Sam Darnold. I'm even excited to see Jared Stidham, who I thought was the best yeah. thrower, you know, at the combine two years ago uh, for the Patriots. And obviously, Tua, you go to the north. What happens with Trubisky versus Foles, you know, is a healthy Stafford and, and now kind of an exciting weapon for people that didn't watch a lot of DeAndre Swift to be in the backfield with him. Like every division you can make a case for as being exciting. And I think it's because of the quarterback situation. I, mean, I that, agree. That's ultimately what starts it. And again, people continue, I don't know, like they, they, these things get forged in people's brains and then they can't move on from them. But that's exactly right. You have to keep that in mind that I don't know about that. Listen, the one year from now or 51 weeks from now, there are going to be arguably two better quarterbacks available in the draft or, you know, up there who you would debate around the guys who just went with Burrow and Tua. Oh yeah. And, Lawrence I mean, and Fields are freaking huge. I, like Lawrence is the best quarterback be prospect too. to come out since Andrew Luck. Uh, it's, right. I mean, it's that, that, yeah. that, that's, and that's just going to be two more guys, you know, between those two that get added to the pot. There was a big drop off after the 83 draft class that people forget how bleak things got in, uh, in, in guys who were worthy of, of first-round draft picks. And you even knew that then. I mean, guys like Gail Gilbert were getting drafted in the first round by the Seahawks. Those are ridiculous in hindsight. Um, but, yes, these college quarterbacks that are slinging it all over the place, playing that spread, yes, maybe there's some limitations in terms of 
of the complexity and how that uh, translates to the NFL. But at minimum, they're slinging the ball all over the place every Saturday. They're equipped to come in and year one make an impact. Don't worry if the you know whatever your team is, if you're wringing your hands, but our quarterback. You can get uh, you can create situations to get. And by the way, Jameis Winston, you wanted to get him. He's on a one-year deal. Go sign him. Right. In, in and by the way, if things don't work, out. all of them don't make it. They, they, they don't. You know, Josh Rosen right. didn't make it. You know, that's it. It's over. You know, I, I, Mariota, I'm, not, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Hold on a second, money. Yeah, Dave's okay. put him on every team I'm not in the done NFL. Yet with just, yeah, just because of your confirmation bias, yeah, it's over. It's done. You know, it's that's it. It's, it's sad, it's and it may not be his fault. It may not be. Right. It may not be it, because Josh Rosen's not good, but exactly. his his value is diminished. If Jim Plunkett yeah. and Ryan Tannehill get another shot at it, so too should Josh Rosen. Now, here's my uh, my last. They had shown something in their first op- opportunity, but yeah, handsome okay, handsome hates uh, has always hated the all time draft that I do, but I think that it really. Ugh. Why do you look <laughs> like that? It's fun. Ugh. It's it's a, it's a fun exercise right now. Because with the Michael Jordan documentary, just listen to what I have to tell you. If we said, and I say, I know money's going to get in the way of this and say, harumph, that's ridiculous. In the NBA. (laughs) You better hope Eddie's on your side. Just listen to what I'm telling you. In the NBA, if you said now people are seeing Michael Jordan, some youngins like Spaghetti have no idea what Michael Jordan actually looked like. Don't worry. That is not true. That is simply not true. I I watched Michael Jordan. I was I was born in 1992. And he, the 90 the Last Dance is based on the Wait a minute. You I was were born when? 92. 92. Yeah, you had no idea. But I remember, no idea. I remember seeing Eddie, him play with Eddie, the Bulls. You have no idea. You that's it. Your your floor as a child to actually remember and process what's happening for, in my opinion is 10 to 12. You got to be at least like 10, 11, 12 years old to be able to say Wow, that's unlike anything I've ever seen, and I may never see it at six. That's funny. No, 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 that's, that's fair. But I'm saying I do remember Michael Jordan Bulls. I remember Patrick Ewing Knicks. I remember, you know, Alonzo Morning Heat. I remember the NBA and NBC, like, theme music. Like, I, that is all in my brain. Utah Jazz and Stockton and Malone. I remember but, but, but all not, the- like, not in a way where you can process what's happening. Like, you may no, remember, I, like, I remember Underdog and, and uh, Jabberjaw and things like that. You know, like, I remember them. Right. But it was I just something that was on the screen that I was trying to, to figure out. That's fair. That's I couldn't a, analyze I, it, but I remember it, though. That's a fun, that's a fun exposing kind of question. Your earliest sports memory, because it really dates you. But I think that I, well, I was just going to say, I remember Reggie Jackson hitting the third home run against the Dodgers. And before that, I saw Tony Dorsett play in college. I remember sitting in Pitt Stadium with my old man. That was 1976. I'm, I'm decrepit now. Here's here's my thought experiment for you. Now with the information, now with the the added um, impact of seeing these highlights with Michael Jordan. If I said who it, you can take any player in NBA history with the first overall pick, there would be a debate between Jordan and LeBron and Kareem and Shaq, right? Would that be about the debate, right? But there'd be some very. I would guess Shaq, Jordan, LeBron would probably be your big three. Okay. NHL can take any player in history. Gretzky, I mean, the changes in the game make it so that Gretzky right. wouldn't probably be as valuable anymore, but people Wait, wouldn't. Wait, slide that in there, Dave. You can't help yourself. 
Well, I'm just telling you, there would be a debate between Lemieux and some wiseacres would float Ovechkin and they'd be wrong and Crosby. And that would probably come down to that. Baseball, you know, say pitchers, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Football, here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing. If you said you could have, and you know exactly who they are now. I'm not saying you're guessing, looking at them at age 20 and trying to evaluate. We know everything we know about Dan Marino and John Elway and Brett Favre and Tom Brady. Take anybody you want to be the start, of, the face of your franchise. I don't think very many, if any, NFL GMs would take Tom Brady, even knowing what they know. What does that say? Is that the ego of the GMs? Like, we can fix this guy. Yeah, Marino didn't win his entire career, but if you give him to me, I'll make him a winner. No one would take Brady, right? Do you accept that, that that's true? Money? I think it's a fair point. Um. That's tough. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I think there there is something about that intangible that you play cool under pressure, that that you win the games, you know, that that are in front of you and you have an ability to rise to the occasion and not allow your emotions to affect your performance. I think there is something very valuable about that asset. Uh, and, and I think the last dance kind of showcases that here is a guy like just the little things like, you know, Doug, Doug Collins saying, I'm in I'm in New York at Madison Square Garden and Jordan tells me, hey, I'm not letting you lose your first game. Don't worry about it. And we're down eight and the guy scores 10 points in the span of two minutes. So I win my debut. Like that's 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 the difference. Right. That's the difference that that he was the guy that pulled off those sort of things, um, even willing after being pulled out of a game in the fourth quarter against the Pacers, his team to win a game. They had no business winning. So they would make the playoffs just so they could get swept by the South. Like, I think. Those are the sort of Brady intangibles that I, I don't know how front office folks would would value. But you agree, you know? though, right? But you agree that the bottom line is that they wouldn't take him. They would still think, "Oh no, I'll be better off with blank." Oh, give me, uh, you give know, me Steve give me, Young. Give me, uh, right. give me Russell Wilson. Give me. By the way, uh, Joe Montana wouldn't get drafted first. By that's what I mean. Like either. that's what we're talking right. about. And these are two of the great winners in the history of football. I don't know. I don't, know. That, that I don't even bad. know what it says, but I but I feel pretty certain that that's the case that I, 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 like, I guess it comes down to like, uh, the, so insiders, who would your choice like, be Dave? Who would Who's your be, choice? I think who, who the, combines the winning and the, the ability in the perfect measure to be that guy. Um, it has to be a quarterback, right? We're not, it's not going to be any other. Be I mean, I, I, I mean, I think, I think LT would get some consideration. LT would get some consideration, right. I mean, maybe like Mean Joe, or I don't think Dion would be. Who's like the pick? Probably, and it's the it heightens the irony, not coincidence. In this case, fellas, this is truly ironic. I think it would be the one guy who makes everybody's top five, even though he never won a Lombardi, is Dan Marino. Oh, see, I disagree. Or, I, I mean, think the other guy, Elway. as much as I love Marino, the other guy I think is Elway. The other guy, knowing what you know right now, you have to make the pick. I think some GMs would take Mahomes. I would take Elway. I think it'd be Elway. Yeah. I just think Elway has both of those things in the right measure. The extreme physical ability that you're like, okay, I can't look away from that. And the winning thing where, ironically, the winning aspect was actually more apparent when he was dragging bad Broncos teams to lose in the Super Bowl than it was when he won the Super Bowl. But I think those two things uh, are what would bring Elway to the fore. And as much as I love Dan Marino and will probably make that choice myself, my head says that Elway would be that, would be the right choice. 
don't forget that. Well, I mean, we don't need to go into that distant history that uh, people wouldn't care. A lot of uh, people don't care about. But Marino, I do remember at least a couple pro franchises calling up the Damashek house to ask uh, my old man for some insight on Dan Marino with all the rumors that were going on at the time. That combined with his lousy senior season, relatively speaking, when Foge Fazio came in after Jackie Sherrill moved on to go to Texas A&M. But if you would ask after their respective junior years, Elway and Marino, it would have, Elway still probably goes one, but it would have been a lot closer. It would have been Marino without all the like, what's going on? What does he do on Friday nights? Um, uh, kind of stuff. Marino would have obviously got ahead of uh, Todd Blackledge and Ken O'Brien and all those guys. Probably would have been a Jet at minimum. Um, Spaghetti, very quickly, your answer on that one. I'll take Lawrence Taylor so he wreaks havoc on all your quarterbacks. No, I'm kidding. I'll uh, take Phil Sims. It's, not a, ter- it's I, not a terrible pick. I think Reggie White as well is like is someone who who changed every game that he played in. Like every offensive coordinator sure. had to factor in that. Reggie, oh, oh dear, Reggie White's on the other side of the hey, field. What are we going to do about curse. that? Um, and, oh, uh, my heavens. That wasn't very gentlemanly of me, was it? <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I would include him on the list. He, he's got to get a, a vote or two. Um, so, all right. Yeah, I, 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 that, well, who's Eddie I just, taking? Eddie, who are you taking? Oh, he said he was kidding, right? No, I mean, I, I would take – Lawrence I think, is a smart pick. If I have to take a quarterback, because I guess it makes sense. You're not taking team. a quarterback. You're no, not taking Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor, Taylor over a quarterback. Listen, let me tell you something. I was born in 92, okay? I remember <laughs> I, I still have We can have it. <laughs> it is All over the gridiron. Why wouldn't I take Mahomes? Peppa Johnson. Done. Next. <laughs> Mahomes would be a John better Marillion. answer than Lawrence Taylor because you, you've actually been able to watch and, and process and understand how, how great a player yeah, he is. He's physically better than the other guys you've all mentioned, and so I, I think I would just take Mahomes. Uh, I would disagree with that. John John Elway was in a in a category that, that was just – it's stupid. It, like how big, strong, smart, athletic, passer, like what that guy was able to do. Guys bouncing off of him when he was running around. I mean, that guy was ridiculous. The, the Dave, I know, lesson. I know he wouldn't. I know he wouldn't well, be on your list, Dave. But the other one that would come up, and and I don't think he'd be on my list. But it's crazy not to include him as Peyton. Oh, I thought you were going to say Drew Brees, and then I was going to get. No, no, I no, definitely not Drew Brees. Um, that's, fine. I, that's fine, but I will always say the thing. Mahomes about is interesting, though. I, I think Eddie brings up a good point. The small sample size we we have, and what he's been able to do in just three seasons is ridiculous. Like it, it's, I, I, you know, so, so if, you're, if you're projecting forward, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not a bad answer at all. I will say again, to put a little salve on the emotional wounds of Packers fans right now on behalf of Aaron Rodgers, this is the thing that plagues a lot of NFL GMs and it dates back to Elway um, and Marino handsome, you know, a little history class handsome. One of, one of his great points in the history of DDFP is that Marino is that Shula blew it. You know, he never he never helped out, um, you know, one right. of the all-time greats, a guy who may stand as the greatest of all time if things had broken a little bit differently for him. And the same goes for Elway, and, and Handsome just made that point too. Sometimes GMs, personnel guys get a little too comfortable, and that is the thing that distinguishes Peyton from all the other guys on this list pretty much. 
that it, it feels they like built it's a, it. I mean, this thing about did you just see that thing this week that came out like touchdown throws to first round yeah. draft picks? Peyton Manning's, you know, the number that he has. It, it's crazy how many more. He, you know, he had Marvin Harris, Marvin Harrison, and, and Reggie Wayne. Right, but I it mean, feels and, like Aaron Rodgers maybe for what it's worth. Right, and the Marius feels like Thomas. Aaron Rodgers maybe getting the same treatment that Marino and Elway got. Like they haven't, they, you know, they, they've been too reliant on his his skills, right. um, and and not really surrounded him with the talent. Whether it's on the offensive line at some points of his career, or with the weapons that he's had, he certainly made some players better. Um, and and the defense had that one year where it was stellar, but it hasn't always been. All right, because we got we're uh, because Go we're ahead. coming up against it here, real quick. I do want to I do want to squeeze in an Eddie Spaghetti tweet. Oh, good, please. Uh, oh. At <clears throat> at Edward L. Murphy. Tweet date April twenty seventh. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> I'm just gonna make sure I <clears throat> get this cleared out. <sighs> My kettlebells. And weighted vest I ordered in the beginning of March are finally coming in time for my birthday in May. So I have that going for me. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, there was also a Twitter version of what we experienced live last year in Nashville when Spaghetti cursed loudly when the name Daniel Jones was mentioned. 20 minutes later, Daniel Jones shadows our door, our little spot, and, and they're fast friends, and uh, the rest is history. That's true. On Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, the day before the draft spaghetti, you said, well, guess I better get ready to pretend to be happy about drafting a safety and an offensive lineman. Then you rejoiced about it the next day. So that's pretty good. No, I haven't changed from that stance. It's the, it's the same. It's just not – Hank and and money are it's it's fun for them. They took a quarterback like, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's a way different feel than you would take a left tackle. It's like a guy who you'll never really hear his name unless he gives up a sack for 10 years. It's like, all right, hey, uh, hey, Eddie, Eddie, if I may. Hey, that's interesting. That's great. What are you going to do with kettlebells and a weighted vest? Like, can you give, me, give us an idea? Oh, of kind of that what's what's well, going on here? It was like, kind of tongue. What's the plan? Why are you so excited about them showing up before your birthday? What are we, no, what are we doing here? I wasn't being, I wasn't, that was like a sarcastic tweet because it's been delayed constantly since That's I was fine. The, the, the yeah. sarcasm in the tweet is when they sarcasm, are. everybody out there. Don't you know what sarcasm is? Jeez. Uh, and that's my other New Yorker that I'm doing an impression of, by the way. But but again, you ordered them. What are you going to do with a weighted vest and kettlebells? Like a weighted vest. workout. Okay, what are you doing with a weighted vest? Uh, I'm going to do my, I math that's like a 3.5-ish mile run. Uh, my neighborhood, I pretty much jog up to Melrose, go down Melrose for a while, go down Fairfax, come back home. How much does the vest weigh? This one's adjustable. It's between a 12 and 20 pounder. So, so you want to run you with the weighted vest on? it's like a 40 minute run so i'll bring some snacks yeah, that's not a bad idea and then the kettlebells <laughs> just to do some back in my uh i have like a little um i guess community yard kind of uh park area thing over where Ooh, i live public so. workout with the kettlebells <laughs> well i'm gonna go in like the parking lot i hate that it gives me anxiety so i want to go all the way in the back of it uh, away from the street and so no one could see me and, and do it there because uh i need to do You're something what, like uh what are they called hungarian get-ups and uh yeah, 
yeah i mean i'll i'll probably just do the stuff like I, you could just do curl shoulder press like that kind of stuff with them uh, <laughs> i love this i just need I, it's just a release from doing the same thing every day and not doing weights i feel it's i'm going slightly crazy so i need something to will you uh, take video uh, of it and post it oh if you want, yeah. for, if you want for sure, sure. Yeah. i would like yeah. i would like to get on all like I'll, I'll let you get in there. I had an idea that I thought was pretty funny. And uh, obviously I can't really do it now with the, with the shutdown. I wasn't really, I guess in the time I thought that the parks would be open and they would allow you to, you know, do whatever you want there. And I was going to do like a, um, like an uncle Rico from Napoleon dynamite, like passing Academy. And I was going to have my girlfriend be in it, and I was just going to throw like laser passes to like, to her dropping in. I was going to edit together like a highlight reel for the draft. And I just, I mean, obviously with the, the laws, I couldn't do it. And I, I thought that was going to be pretty funny. Yeah, but whatever. let's do a workout video, Eddie. I want your kettlebell. Yeah, I want to see it. And, and, yes. and a meal and a meal prep thing. I want to. I want the whole Eddie workout and fitness plan. Um. Uh. Yes. Please provide that video. Handsome muzzle tub on Tua. Thank um, you very much, Dave. Oh, I gotta weigh oh. myself real quick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I'm two eighteen point zero. Two eighteen point one. I don't know whether I'm wow. up or down. Uh, I am. Here. I am one eight seven as of last night. Ooh, I have lost some weight. One fifty nine point two. Oh wow! God. Wow! <laughs> a full grown <laughs> man, allegedly. Yeah, I think that's down. I hope, hope those Tantarana winds don't hit money. Otherwise, we we may not be able to find you next. Look week. at these legs. They're bird legs. <laughs> oh my god! There's goodness. no weight there. Come on. You want to know how you get to be one fifty nine? There it is. There's nothing in the trunk. You know what you could use? I got it for you, money. It's called a weighted vest. And it's a kettlebell, okay? <laughs> well, listen, while money critiques everybody else, he also gave himself a haircut this week. You can go in on that spaghetti. I don't want yeah, to help you out thing. here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there it is. No, I, I think I'm the last person to any, make fun of someone's hair. Terrible. Any, I don't recommend it. Any tips, money? Because I have to do it, as you can see. It's yes, time I will give it. you some tips. So here's the deal. You buy the uh, the clippers with all the guards, and there's a Got photo him. on there of a guy with a nice-looking head of hair. Yeah, the one that's the longest, your hair is not long. It's still very short when you use the longest guard. And then when your wife is is doing a great job of blending everything together, which I think she did. If you look, there's really no yeah. line. It doesn't look like I got a, the, the mushroom head or anything. When she then says, hey, I've got to go. Dinner is, you know, the, the buzzer is ringing or whatever. I got to get dinner. And you go on the air for a YouTube show five minutes later. Don't take the clippers without a guard and try to trim your ears on your own. Because <laughs> that's what happens I'm when you still do that suffering. and you get some white walls. I can't see. You can't see it. I did it a month ago. I tried to shear myself right over the ear. And I got a huge bald spot on the side of my head to go yeah. along with the one on the on the top. Anyway, all right, handsome's all right. gonna go. We're all gonna go. Out of here. Um, thanks Good as stuff. always, fellas. Good times, and uh, and we'll talk again soon. Until then, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.